We're driven by the search for better. But when it comes to hiring, the best way to search for a candidate isn't to search at all. Don't search match with Indeed. Indeed is your matching and hiring platform with over 350 million global monthly visitors, according to Indeed data, and a matching engine that helps you find quality candidates fast. Ditch the busy work. Use Indeed for scheduling, screening, and messaging so you can connect with candidates faster. Leveraging over 140 million qualifications and preferences every day, Indeed's matching engine is constantly learning from your preferences, so the more you use Indeed, the better it gets. Join more than 3.5 million businesses worldwide that use Indeed to hire great talent fast. And listeners of this show will get a $75 sponsored job credit to get your jobs more visibility at Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Just go to Indeed.com slash BlueWire right now and support our show by saying that you heard about Indeed on this podcast. That's Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Terms and conditions apply. Need to hire? You need Indeed. Hey guys, quick programming note. As you can probably already tell, we split our Saturday morning Spotify Green Room live stream into two parts. What you're listening to now is part one. Just tune in to the podcast feed. It should be available now, both part one and part two, so you can listen to them concurrently. So without further ado, here is part one of our Saturday morning Spotify Green Room live stream. Good morning, everybody. Um, for those joining for the first time, I don't know who that would be, uh, but my name is Andrew, and I am uh, flying solo at the moment. Mr. Macri is en route to his destination when he will join us then. Uh, if it is your first time, the rules of this uh, green room live stream are simple. Uh, just do me a favor, mute your background noise when you come up here, or if you have background noise, please mute your mic. So people that listen to the pod later can enjoy the conversation that you're having with John and I. Um, we're going to try and get as many people up here as possible. Uh, I have nothing to do today because, you know, the weather has made it that the Subway series is not a thing right now. Um, and uh, yeah, that's that's those, the rules of the game are simple. Uh, we'll try and get as many people up here. Do not get offended if we have to bump you after six or seven minutes. Uh, and I think that's it. Now, another pro producer's note, obviously those who have been here for the past couple of weeks since uh, Locker Room has switched to Green Room know that I personally have had some connection issues with seeing speaker requests and whatnot. So I haven't been able to bring people up on stage as often or as easily as I'd want to. So I'm just going to throw this out there. If... I'm having issues with that again. We have some time here in the beginning. Um, I will restart the room if I have to with John as host when he's available. So if we could actually, if someone could drop a speaker request, I just want to see if I'm able to do it. So Jason, we'll start with you. Jason, welcome to the stage. How you doing, buddy? Good, good. I don't really have anything. I was just, you said if I was just doing it to test. I mean, I have a lot of Thank you so much. All right. So I see there's like three or four requests now and I see everybody. Vivek is in there. Jonas is in there. Okay. That's perfect. Do you want to come back when John's here? Yeah. Yeah. No problem. That's good. Awesome. Thanks, man. Um, I'll remove you. Speaker. And I still see the speaker request. Now, Jason, put your request back in. I'll put you to the front of the line when John gets here. There you go. Um, 
So I want to, in the meantime, because obviously this week has been pretty filled with discourse, is what I'll say, and we have a very, very deep dive on Dame Lillard coming Monday morning, um, is what I'll say. The Jeremy's cap or no cap for this week is extensive. We have the full conversation from every angle. Uh, so if you want to talk about it here, I think it'll coincide and, and go along with what we're, we have coming this upcoming week, which should be good. We're going to try and get somebody from Portland on because I, I actually want to know once and for all outside of the Knicks bubble, if we have the assets even for a Dame Lillard trade and would have the most competitive offer. And it's not just Knicks goggles. So that's coming soon. Uh, until then, if you guys don't mind, I'm going to see if he'll come up on stage and talk to me for a few minutes. Um, let's see. Rich, what's up, buddy? Yo. Um, do you mind if I just ask if I should be worried as a Mets fan? I think relatively concerned. They haven't played well for about two and a half, three weeks. Dude, nobody's um, hitting. Absolutely nobody is hitting. Well, no one has ever hit. I mean, if you... We kind of forgot because half the team was hurt for two months, but in April when they were fully healthy, they were also the worst offensive baseball. Right, so, so that's, where, that's where I'm coming from. It's like... Yeah. It's, I don't think the sky is falling, but I think that there is concern, and I think that at the trade deadline, they're going to have to shake things up. And the best thing that's happening is that the Cubs are falling apart. So you think uh, Bryant I think, and... I think somebody and, uh, like Chris Bryant will be in play. Uh, suppose, and the you know the Twins have a lot of guys and they're a thousand percent going to unload everybody because they're really, really cheap and they're really, really bad. Okay. I, I yeah. mean, I'd, I'd hope so. <laughs> um, do you have any Dame Lillard takes you want to give? Oh, yes. Uh... <laughs> I mean, you and me talked a little bit about it. We have. We've discussed. We have. Um, And I'll be curious what John thinks when he gets on here. Um, I just think that, first of all, I don't think anybody actually wants to trade R.J. Barrett. Not at all. Like, is actively like, yeah, get him the hell out of here. I do think that there is a faction of Knicks fans who loved this year's team so much which so did I, so did you, so did all of us, that it is blinding them a little bit and they would just like be totally fine running the same team back with guys like Reggie Bullock and Nerlens Noel, who, you know, they all had really good moments. And just like um, the only upgrade is Luca Valdoza over Yeah, and like, and just yeah. being like, <laughs> let's do that. Like, I'd rather do that than you know, shake things up too much. But, I mean, first of all, if you bring that same exact team back, I guarantee you they will win less games because things did fall right for them. A lot of guys they, had they did. Yeah. the best moments that, like, they've ever had. Like, is Alec Burks going to have that kind of year again? Is Julius Randle even going to have that kind of year again? Like, even if he's still really, really good, is he going to, you know, be a top 10 MVP guy? Derek Rose, you know, like a lot of these things. Like, are the Celtics going to be total dog shit? Uh, yeah, the Heat were hit Raptors hard by COVID. The Raptors, right. the uh, Bradley Beal missed significant time. Like, exactly. I think you know, they like, used to be good, to your point. Yeah, and, you know, it's like this is a fan base, and, and I've been in this boat too, 
where, you know, we thought trading Iman Shumpert would be a horrible thing to do. Mm-hmm. We, we thought it, it was all over when Porzingis was traded. We didn't want to trade Landry Fields. You know, we, we have a habit of falling in love with our own prospects. And I think part of that is because we were so star starved for so long that we kind of had to talk ourselves into falling in love with our own draft picks because that's all we had. No one was coming to save anything. And, and look, I mean, I think RJ Barrett is better than all of those guys, or at least will be better than all of those guys. Uh, and like I said, I don't want to trade. If, if, if there is some kind of crazy scenario where you can get Damian Lillard and keep RJ Barrett, then a thousand percent do it. Give up more picks in, in the, you know, in that scenario. That's right. how I feel. I think that's probably how most people feel who are willing to move him. We got to stop talking cool. about Damian Lillard like he's dead. Like he's not Damian Lillard? Yeah. Like, like he's 70 <laughs> years old and doesn't drop 50 points in a playoff game every year in the West. Yeah. You know, he'd be the yeah. best point. You know, he'd be the best point guard in the East if he came to the Knicks. Or at least, depending on your feelings about Kyrie, he'd be the best point guard in the East that actually plays games. Mm-hmm. Uh, so, I mean, you, these guys are not available very often. We don't even know if he's available. And if, if he, if you can get him, you have to, you have to do what it takes to, I, because I, otherwise, so let me team, push back. Let me push okay, back. Okay. Cause I still, so I, I see the chat, not enjoying even the thought of, trading RJ, which is, oh you know, on brand. Um, sure. I'm not, I'm not on board with trading for Dame if, like, that's the move, you know? Like, I, I do, I'm with you. I think Dame and Randall does make this team better, but mm-hmm. I don't know if it makes him better than Brooklyn. I don't know if it makes him better than Philly. Like, it's a one of then followed by a bunch what of else? moves that would, right. you know, so like if, it, but I don't think like, that this front office would make that trade and be like, okay, we're done. You know, I think they've mm-hmm. earned a little bit more than that. I think that they see, you know, outside of just like, well, we, we got, got Damian, Damian Lillard, Lillard. So like the team is complete. Our job here is yeah. done. Um, I agree. Plus like you have to, you're not going to take, if you want to take the next step as a team, that that's you know you have to consider these things. You consider is is right, and I think like I think the the only thing I'd, I'd push back on is like like I was very much if KD and Kyrie were a thing two years ago when we the, we thought that they were coming to the Knicks, I was very much in the camp then. All right, take the rest of your assets available and go get Anthony Davis as your third piece and you have a, the next super team. Um, right. Obviously they went away, but the the point of this story is that the, the discourse on Nick's Twitter was, I don't want to trade Kevin Knox. Frank is our boy. <laughs> and uh-huh. there's like, there, there is a clear over evaluation or over overvaluing of guys that we don't know yet. I think RJ's different. I think RJ yes. has a couple all-star appearances in him. I don't I don't uh wax poetic the way some people do, but I'm okay with people waxing poetic. I think he's the best prospect they've had. Um I put him up I think his potential's higher than what people thought Kristaps's potential was going to be. Mm-hmm. So I understand if like 
there is a faction of Knicks fans that say he's untouchable. To anyone that's like criticizing Dame for his lack of playoff success, you sound like people that have been criticizing Chris Paul for his career. I'm sorry Dame couldn't beat the 2017 Warriors by himself. <laughs> I'm sorry that he played in the Western Conference during the time of the Spurs and the Warriors and now the Lakers. And it hasn't been able, like, Portland's not a free agent destination, which is why he would go to a big market. It's like the people that criticized Kevin Garnett for not getting out of the West because he was in Minnesota. And then once he went to Boston, oh, I guess he is one of the greatest power forwards of all time. <laughs> Andrew, 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 uh, Dame Willard has had to play with Enos Cantor uh, over the last several years. If, yeah, you can't, if you can't win a championship with Enos <laughs> Cantor as your starting center, I'm sorry, but you're trash, man. You're trash. My, you're right. That's just my bad. Has, how much, what am I how much better about? of a number three do you need? What yeah, am I talking he about? He has had Carmelo Anthony on his team the last two seasons. I like, mean, you want to talk about It's inexcusable. <laughs> you want to talk about Knicks whose jerseys we should be putting in the rafters, how they haven't retired uh, whatever that, fuck that fuckhead's number was um, when he was here. <laughs> um, it's, just, it's just beyond me. Sorry I'm late, guys. Uh, you're good. Can I just clarify which fuckhead you were referring to, Mello or Ennis Kidd? Ennis Can I just say, for, for the record, I, I, and again, I, I think I'm, I'm pretty clear about um, if you want to trade for RJ for Dame, I, I respect it. If you want to keep RJ off the table in any trade, I respect that. I err on, on the side of that. Um, if if they did do that trade and and brought Dame here and basically went for you know uh, a championship in the next two to three seasons, which is what a Dame trade would represent, I, I would be the first person in line to want Melo back for for the retirement Dang. tour. You yeah, know, that would, I mean, you might at that point like it just it, it it makes a lot more sense than it would have said bringing him back like this year, for example. I would, I mean, we, I don't want to step on what we have tomorrow, but I think, well, I guess technically Monday, but I, I think that, I I think we're all intelligent enough to know that this front office that I would hope we have a significant amount of trust in, if they were to do this, it's a shift in the entire approach that now there isn't a three, four, five, six year plan. Now it's, like it's a now thing. There's another star coming. There's like guys are gonna want to come ring chasing here. William West's um, recruiting abilities will be used, and that's all. I, I and, and the Michael chat Knight, hates this conversation. By the way, <laughs> uh, yeah, which, let's move on. But I, I actually do want to um, honor a good comment in the chat. How do you know RJ Emmanuel quickly and Obi won't get better? I think the thing that I'm and this honestly came about after uh, we recorded the the pod with Jeremy yesterday, which everybody will be able to listen to um, on on Monday. It's it's not the shifting to a win now approach that bothers me so much. It's the fact that in shifting to the win now approach and trading for Dame, you would be selling. Again, this is a complicated conversation to have because we did have the same conversation about the Kevin Knoxes and Frank Nilakinas of the world just two years ago. But I think we all feel pretty – I think we feel – I personally feel a lot better about RJ quickly and Obi. Um, I do not want to leave him out. And Obi and how much their valuations will go up in this regime um, with this coach you know, on this, on this roster, um, you know, 6, 12 – 18 months from now. So it's like, 
if you're if you're, and again, I'm not. I don't want to step on the podcast, but like if you're going to go for the win now approach, do it from a true position of strength. And I'm not sure it's it's strange because like we're we're, we're getting used to the fact that like holy shit, like one of the seven best players in the league wants to come here potentially. Like w- like let's not screw this up. M- you know, this is a this is to me the patient approach is not necessarily let's keep all these guys here for life. The patient approach is like, let's trust that the Knicks are back and that Dame will not be the last star to potentially put him on their, on their quote unquote list. And let's let some of these assets germinate um, and raise their value a little bit more. That's the only thing that I I would want to add to the combo. I agree. Ritz, do you have anything, any parting words before? And thank you, by the way, for, for, Filling in while John figures out, decides to grace us with his presence. (laughs) Listen, I have a good excuse, which I'll tell you about after uh, Rich gets off. Oh, okay. Yeah, you know, like, you know, John and, you know, what the chat is saying about, like, how do you know RJ and OB and quickly aren't going to get better? Uh, They probably are going to get better. I like all those guys. Uh, And, you know, like I mentioned earlier, you know, if, if you can get a trade done, and not include all three of those guys, specifically RJ, um, and have to include more draft capital, then absolutely do that. Um, I really liked watching these guys play, but, you know, these... And I'm not saying be reckless. I'm just saying be aggressive, and I don't think those are mutually exclusive. I think you can be aggressive without being completely reckless. And I think Lillard is a rare opportunity, and they absolutely have to consider that if he actually becomes available and actually wants to come here, which I think that he would. Um, yeah, I, I just don't... He's, a, he's a rare opportunity. I'm going to agree with you on that. I, I don't think that every star trade star who demands a trade is the same. Lillard, I, he's I agree. a special player. He, exactly. Special and player. I think, I don't think there's anybody here who would disagree. Like that kind of dude, like just the way he plays is the way his mindset is. That guy would thrive in this city. Oh, yeah. Uh, and right, him and Rich, Randall. But Rich, why do you the, hate R.J. Barrett? That is the important <laughs> thing. That's the, like, I wish we could have this conversation and it not be so black and white, you know? Like, if I'm willing, if I'm open to the possibility of trading R.J. Barrett for Damian Lillard, which I don't want to do, I would just be willing to do it if, if that's the only way you could get it done. It's like, I hate R.J. Barrett. I think he's terrible. I love RJ Barrett. It's just, you know, you have to you have to give something up to get something and and Damian Lillard is a superstar who is still playing at that level, who he's not a million years old, you know, he's older but he's not falling apart or breaking down or dropping in performance. I think he's the guy that can really help take the team to the next level. Uh I think even more guys are going to want to come here if he's on board. And I just I think if they can do it, they have to think about it very hard. Uh, I don't think anybody on this roster is untouchable. I think that that is too too far of a phrase. There's guys that I don't want to trade, but I mean you have to be willing to do anything, or you have to be willing to think about anything at least at this point. Fair it's enough. Big. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, Rich, as always, my man. Um, hopefully. The weather cooperates and we get some baseball this weekend. Um, yeah, I, I mean, if they don't, if they don't play ever again, I, I, I'm, I'm in the mode of, I wouldn't mind. 
<laughs> yeah, that's, I was talking to uh, I was talking to Oz yesterday, and both of us, like, he's a big Yankee fan, and we're both rooting for the other team to sweep. And it's, we both hate our baseball teams right now. So, uh, Rich is always my. All right, thanks, wow. guys. I, I didn't. Thanks, Rich. I, I didn't realize uh, baseball in New York had gotten so dire. That's unfortunate. So it's weird. The Mets like just flat out cannot hit. They have oh. like Peter, they have the lowest one. runs. They have, they have the fewest runs scored in all of baseball. Like low, oh. like they're thirtieth in runs scored. That's that. That's and bad. The other night they lost twenty three thousand to two. Um, to the Atlanta oh, I Braves. Saw the 20, yeah, I saw the score, 20 to 2. Yeah, in uh, yeah. that's fixed. So that happened. And you'd think that, like, the sky was falling. But then you look across town, and Araldus Chapman has, like, an ERA over 6 since baseball said you can't use sticky stuff anymore on your fingers. Um, <laughs> and the Yankees, like, have the same, like, they have a negative run differential for the season. It's, like, all bad over in Yankeeville hey. because the sky is always like, if you're not winning a championship, it's falling. So. I mean, all things considered, like you look at what's going on with the baseball teams. I mean, you consider like what the, what the nets are, what their decision-making process is going to be this summer. Do we spend half a billion dollars to bring back, you know, three guys in their thirties who, uh, you know, all had injuries and whatnot this season and, and uh, slash apathy towards the sport that they get paid millions of dollars to play. Um, mm-hmm. And it's like we're sitting around having conversations about whether to trade R.J. Barrett for Dame Lillard. Like, it, it, these are <laughs> – I'm, I'm like, I'm okay. Like, and, and thinking back to obviously, like, past off seasons and, like, the shit that we had to talk about over over those. Like, I'm I'm okay with this conversation in comparison to – potential alternatives. That's all I want to say. Yeah. It's literally a philosophical debate that I don't even know if it's going to play out because I don't think I'm not, I'm not spoiling any more of the Dame pod. We're just Tuesday Monday morning to the Knicks Film School podcast for a very lengthy discussion about Dame Willard. I'll say this. Rarely do I, I like really pump up the, the, the pod like over and above, but this was, I said it, Andrew can tell you, I said it as soon as we were done. I said, this is one of the best podcasts we've recorded. Um, yes. It's a really, it's a really good conversation. And regardless of what side of the aisle you're, you're on, I think you'll like it. We're driven by the search for better, but when it comes to hiring, the best way to search for a candidate isn't to search at all. Don't search match with Indeed. Indeed is your matching and hiring platform with over 350 million global monthly visitors, according to Indeed data, and a matching engine that helps you find quality candidates fast. Ditch the busy work. Use Indeed for scheduling, screening, and messaging so you can connect with candidates faster. Leveraging over 140 million qualifications and preferences every day, Indeed's matching engine is constantly learning from your preferences, so the more you use Indeed, the better it gets. Join more than 3.5 million businesses worldwide that use Indeed to hire great talent fast. And listeners of this show will get a $75 sponsored job credit to get your jobs more visibility at Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Just go to Indeed.com slash BlueWire right now and support our show by saying that you heard about Indeed on this podcast. That's Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Terms and conditions apply. Need to hire? You need Indeed. 
If you're a basketball junkie, then you know there's no better time of year than the NBA playoffs. Twice a week, J.J. Redick is cooking on his podcast, The Old Man and the Three. He has guys come on in all stages of their careers to talk about the league and share stories you won't hear anywhere else, including Devin Booker on why he talks so much trash, Ray Allen's epic free throw competitions with LeBron in Miami, and the moment Tyrese Halliburton knew Pascal Siakam would be a good fit in Indy. In addition to player interviews, every Monday, J.J. breaks down the top three things happening around the NBA with unmatched analysis, not outlandish takes, and is often joined by masterminds of the game like Tim Legler to dive deep on rookie reports, trade breakdowns, and why is mean mugging now a tech? You won't find another outlet that covers the game as comprehensively and with such insight as JJ does it on The Old Man and the Three. Make this your companion podcast during the playoffs. Listen to The Old Man and the Three ad-free on Wondery Plus or wherever you get your podcasts. The journey to a smoke-free future can be a long and winding road. But if you're ready for a change, consider taking Zinn for a spin. Zinn nicotine pouches offer a fresh way to discover your nicotine satisfaction. Anywhere, anytime. No smoke, no spit, and no lingering odor. Get in gear with the Zen 10 Challenge and enjoy 10 smoke-free, spit-free days for just $5.95. Order online and start your new journey today. Warning, this product contains nicotine. Nicotine is an addictive chemical. We have several speaker requests that now I'm just going to shut up for a bit. Um... Helped me with a sound check earlier, and I see all the speaker requests too, which is a new one for Green Room. Uh, Jason Meredith, welcome to the stage, sir. Hey, Jason, what's going on, man? Good, good. I'm actually, uh, you guys might like this. I'm actually watching Germany and Croatia and FIBA, and Hazonia and Croatia are choking. Hey, what a shock! <laughs> Once a Nick, always a Nick. <laughs> yeah, I mean, I, I, you know what? I will come. Uh, it's funny because he had so many terrible games for us, and yet. You know, the block. I'll, always, I'll always remember the LeBron block. Yeah, yeah, the block, I know. <laughs> That's always the sign that when I tell people, well, LeBron James is slowing down. I go, Hazonia blocked the shot at the end of the game. That would have never happened if he was fully healthy. <laughs> Actually, I, I'm pretty sure Hazonia was the was the first player, maybe must be the only player, shit, to, to ever interact with me on Twitter because he got mad that I suggested offhandedly that, oh, my God, what did I suggest? I think I suggested that he was like, because he had been out for a few games. And I'm like, yeah, he's not going to come back until this in- injury is, is like finally is like fully healed, you know, to, to play for this crap, crap team. Um, and he got mad. He's like, don't, you know, I'm going to send the, what, where's he from? Croatia? Croatia. Um, I'm going to send the Croatian mafia after you. Um, he, 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 he said something to that effect. I'm not making this up. Anyway, maybe oh, somebody on here remembers it. That's funny. I don't want to talk about Damian Lillard RJ trade. You know, that's literally all that's been on Nick's Twitter for like the last week. It's insufferable. I, I I'm I'm here for it. Um, I want to talk about the draft. Okay. And one Sharif Cooper, who you and uh, CP from Nick's Fan TV were both scared of drafting. I am. Yes. Why? When did the Knicks fans become so scared of everything? <laughs> Like, well, make your you make your quick player, case for Sharif Cooper. Do you want a player that has the potential to be great, or do you just want an okay player? Because it seems like all over Twitter, everyone's like, "Let's just draft a guy who's going to be okay." Like, just because Kevin Knox sucks doesn't mean everyone who we draft who's, who has potential to be good is going to be is going to be Kevin Knox. 
So I so trust me, I'm inclined to agree with you on this, which is why the first two uh, guys that I I looked uh, heavily into for this draft class were Sharif Cooper and Zaire Williams, because going into this process, I'm like, take the flawed guy who has the potential to be to be everything. Those two guys, by the way. What say I missed what you said? Uh, You what about? I would love it. if the Knicks drafted those two guys, that would be like the perfect draft. You know what? Can I just be honest with you? Ir- irrespective of what I wrote and like my personal opinions about whether or, go- whether or not those two guys are going to, to pop, I would respect that so much from them to make a commitment to be like, we know these guys have flaws. We're going to take two. Because um, that – you know what? That's a draft philosophy, Right. You yeah. have two picks. They're they're not in an area where traditionally speaking, you're even going to guarantee yourself forget forget all star. It's a rarity that you get like a serviceable starter on a good You get team. like a ten year player. It's rarity you get that. If, oh, I mean you I mean, please, if you put uh, if you gave um you know, Walt Perrin True Serum and you could say you could draft a ten year pro with with one of these picks, would you sign for it right now? I think you would probably think about it. Um yeah. So I would have a lot of respect for that. I just here's my it's, it's my issue is not complicated. Where how how much faith can they possibly have that the shot is going to come around when it looked so bad? Um, in, like it needed to be reworked. Like and I'm I, look I'm not a shot uh, doctor. Yeah. I go I go by the numbers and then like the number like and it's just it's not just from the outside. Like he also the rim numbers were concerning for me too. Like he, I didn't love how he was around the rim either. So like, yeah. it's those two things. And I get I mean, that he's a trans, potentially transcendent passer. Not just passer, John. He's a transcendent ball handler. Ball too. handler too. Ball like, handler. Same, like when I watch him play, it reminds me of James Harden, where like you don't even know how it is that James Harden gets by everyone, but he does. With he a simple stop start move. It's just like he doesn't do anything fancy. He literally just stops, starts, and his first step is just so fast that he's by the person who's guarding him. I, and okay, so so you're willing to you're willing to basically say they'll figure out the shot once he gets here. Is that fair? I'm not even worried about the shot, John, because he's a good free throw shooter. He has good touch. And a lot of that around the rim stuff is just because he's trying to finish with his body into the defender and he's going up and it's usually a crowded lane and he's going into strong people because he's actually a very good finisher around the rim in terms of his touch. He's just, he's taking tough shots. That's what it comes, a lot of that finishing comes down to. Okay. All right. Um, uh, yeah. No, sorry. I, I cut you off. So what no, were you going to say? The other thing I would say is just think about this. In college, no one ever went under the screen for him. That's they true. never did that. Like they no, never said, hey, true. we'll go under the screen and let you shoot. They always trapped him. And they always like had paid full attention to him. So I can't say that he can't hit an open three because he didn't take many open threes. Uh, okay, I'll give you this. I, for me, if I if you magically transported me into the Knicks front office, he's a guy that um, I think the interview process would matter a lot for me because the only other thing that I'll say, just just in my view of, of the games that I watched. And like sitting and actually watching the entire games and focusing on him and nobody but him, I did mm-hmm. not love 
some of the stuff that I'm I saw on defense. And I'm not talking about like inability to get over a screen or like stuff like technical stuff. You could fix that. Yeah, he something he took off. Yeah, and it was it was a little bit more than I me personally would have would have preferred to see. But I'm again, also not worried about the defense. Okay, listen, he's. I'm, and the reason I, why is because. I, I don't think he's like – like, I've seen players who don't care about defense. Like, I saw Trey Young in college. He didn't care about defense. I've seen Sharif Cooper play good defense, you know, and there are times where he gives up, but he also had, like, the highest usage rate in all of college basketball. Like, it's crazy. Oh, it was, like, one of the players. highest in, in the history of college basketball. Yeah, so I can't expect him to have that usage rate and also yeah. be, like, locked in constantly on defense. But he, no, when he, but he is locked in at times. He's not, he's not Trey Young. He's not like D'Angelo Russell who just doesn't play defense. Like he plays defense. He's just small. So yes, there will be, he will always be like probably a negative on defense just because he's small. Well, you know what though? But he's, he's, uh, he's stocky, which I, I, I yeah. think matters. And, um, God, what was the, I forget the wingspan, um, measurement at the combine, but I don't think it was bad. I know that I know there was an initial misprint on the on the height that was he was, yeah, he was erroneously reported, but like um, I think it, you know as long as the wingspan isn't like see Trey Mann, that's an issue. His wingspan is not a plus wingspan; it's only six three, I think, or six four. I like Trey um, Mann too, but I just um, like if if the Knicks can't get Cooper, I wouldn't mind them getting Trey Mann. But I'm not sure Trey Mann's a point guard though. That's the other I, thing I'm a little worried about. And that's and that's I'm not really worried. And talking about yeah. No, I mean, philosophical discussions, do, do you try to – do you take the point guard and then try to fix what's wrong with the point guard, or do you take the guy that has maybe more – has displayed more tools and try to turn him into a point guard? Like, how important is it to do that? I, I, I think there are arguments for both sides. Yeah. I mean, also, one thing I saw – I listened to your pod with uh, – no, it wasn't you. Oh, it wasn't you. Forget it. It was about Nick's fancy. Don't worry. It wasn't you. There's, so lots, wasn't of, there's lots of pods out there. <laughs> yeah. Um. So yeah. All I would. The other thing I would say is this. Look, I don't. The Knicks are not. Whoever they just think about this, because a lot of people don't get this. They're not going to start whoever they draft. Tibbs is not starting a rookie. Uh, so whoever they draft is going to be a bench player at least for his rookie season. So yes, the idea of draft, drafting. Unless they draft Duarte, which I I am not. I don't think Duarte for, would even start. Or, I think he would bring back Bullock and start and have Duarte come off the bench. Maybe. No, it's possible. What, yeah. what I'm saying is, like, a lot of people, when they think of the draft, they're thinking right away, okay, how is this player going to be in the starting lineup, like, next year? Where it's like, for me, it's like, we're probably going to, like, Sharif Cooper will probably be the bench point guard next year if we drafted him for at least a full year. So, well, therefore, you don't have the pressure of, like, oh, he has to be this right away. Uh, that's the other part, and it, it's a it's a good point. The, the other thing that I'll just add, um, not, you know, not that what happens with Derrick Rose should be – um, or what, what you know, what Derrick Rose wants to do, or what they want to do with Derrick Rose, should influence who they pick in this draft. It should not. Um, yeah. But it will. It will be interesting to see if yeah. I, you know. We, we know they don't want to start Rose, and I, I don't blame them for that. Um, if they, whoever they get to start a point guard, we don't have to worry about that right now. Um, and if Rose is backing them up, then like, where do you? Yeah. You know, Actually, where do you? To be honest, yeah. I, this might be crazy, but I've been thinking about this a lot, and. You know, if let's say the Knicks were to get like, obviously it would be a big deal. If they were to get like Kyle Lowry and then draft Sharif Cooper, they probably wouldn't, in my mind, they wouldn't need to even resign Rose, which is crazy because I love Rose. But. It's, <laughs> I'm, it, yeah, I'm, I'm, I wouldn't, I haven't really sat, I'll be honest with you, I haven't sat and thought about that aspect of the team building this summer too much yet. I, I want to do that more because um, I think it also influences um, 
or is influenced by or either one um, what they have planned or what they think of Emmanuel quickly in terms of his ability. I'm not saying to be a point guard, but like, you know, to, to do some of that, to pick mm-hmm. up some of that slack. So yeah, it's good yeah, stuff it's, all around, man. You, you it's, a lot of tough, it's a lot of tough, tough roster decisions, which, you yeah. know, that's part of the job. So yeah. But good, good problems right. to have for sure. In closing, I'll say this. I just, you guys will laugh at this. I thought in your, your, the pod you did with, uh, with Knicks fan TV, I thought it was great. You guys brought the community together, and then Andrew managed to just split the whole community across at the end. I said what I said. Okay. You did say what you said. It's true. That's a, that's a true statement, Andrew. I'm not. I'm not saying the the words of the former Giants quarterback today. We're not doing that today. It's it's okay. the weekend. Damn it. Okay. Um, Next up, next up, uh, Mr. Vivek, welcome to the stage, sir. Hey, my main man. What's going on? What's up? What's going on, y'all? How are you doing? Why? I have to say, why is there a picture of a giant rat in your in your thing? All right, so uh, <laughs> I was trying to find my Twitter photo, and I didn't have it on my phone. Okay. So I was trying to find some other photo. Oh okay. man, I remember when I came to the office recently. I, I just took a photo of a union rat. Like, all right, okay. you know, this is a fun one. So, I love, listen, I'm a big fan of the Union Rat. Don't get me wrong. You know, they, they, it never gets old, right? Never gets it doesn't. It, it never gets old. Uh, so, what's What's going on? What's on your mind, bud? Uh, I mean, I got a lot, but I'm gonna I'm gonna let you guys, you know, dictate the conversation. I'm just gonna talk real quick, you know, about Dame, but not about you know whether it's yes or no. You know, do you want him or do you not want him? I think the biggest thing that scares me more about not even Dame, but I guess in general. Is I'm I, I'm really scared about super max deals, and okay. I'm scared about these, especially day like you know Dame starts next season. But what if there if we learn anything from the playoffs so far? And yeah, you know people might put asterisks on the playoffs because of injuries, this that, COVID, whatever. But if we've learned anything from the playoffs so far is that um, we've learned that the teams that are really you know top loaded teams, teams that have you know two or three people that take up most of their cap space. Generally speaking, a lot of these teams have struggled so far. You know, if you look at, for example, the Sixers, um, three of their uh, players, Ben Simmons, Joel Embiid, you know, Tobias Harris, take up their entire cap room for the most part. You know, they struggle against a team like the Hawks a lot, mostly because, you know, uh, they, they lack the depth. And, you know, you see it even with a team like, I mean, even the Bucks to a certain extent, you know, they've, you know, I mean, yeah, they had a great, they've had a great few games recently, but still, you know, the Hawks have given them a lot of hard time. And, you know, Phoenix is one of the examples of teams with that depth. You know, they've, they've kind of, uh, that's one of the main reasons they're in the finals so far. And, you know, I just worry, do you, how do you, you know, properly, I guess, for lack of better words, you know, you just got to build your team. And if you, if you're going to, Take away fifty million dollars for Dame, for example, right? And yeah. if you believe Julius Randle's the future, you know he's going to be part of the team long term. All of a sudden, now you got eighty million dollars tied up to two people, and then you got to ask yourself, okay, do you want RJ Barrett? Say if RJ Barrett's still on the team, and you're going to have to pay him in you know two seasons, right? Yeah, that's your and that's the, your that's your team. That's your that's team. your team. Hundred million dollars at the bare minimum, at the bare minimum, are tied into three players. So now we got to ask ourselves this. Like, look, the Bucks are still going to be around for, you know, 
the course of Dame Lillard's contract, whether he's in Portland or not in Portland. You know, the Sixers are, you know, most likely still going to be there. The Nets still are, are still going to, you know, be there for at least maybe two more seasons. You the know, Hawks ain't going anywhere. The Hawks are not going anywhere either. And, you know, and, obviously, and let's, let's not forget about the guy in the Armani suits down in uh, Florida. With all, with all due respect to Andrew's dismissal of that uh, team, and he was right about it, but still, um, before these playoffs, like, I, I will fear them for as long as Riley is there. I just want that noted. <laughs> Oh, Let me be clear. Have... Hold on, hold on. Let me be clear. It was <laughs> this year's I know, team, I know, I know. and it was strictly based on numbers. Like I was I watching know. the Hawks and the Heat down the stretch, and was like, one team anyway, clearly looks better than the other. Anyway, Vivek, I cut you off, but yes, your your point is well taken. Yeah, but that's the point. Like, so do you believe a team that is that their number two options are Dame and Randall, for example, right? <laughs> Do you believe a team that's led by Damon Randall, can they go to the Eastern Conference Finals? Are they a perennial Eastern Conference Finals team? So I think there is a world. Let me make sure I choose my words carefully. I think there is a world where Dame Lillard, um, Julius Randall, and R.J. Barrett are the three best players on, let's say, a contender, um, a legitimate contender because, like, Look, sometimes great teams just don't win. Um, there was, there's been a lot of talk about those Suns uh, teams in the mid-2000s uh, with Steve Nash. Like, you know, for all any of us know, that, that 2000... No, 10 teams in the last 20 years. They just maybe, you know, they didn't win. Um, yeah. Whatever. But a contender. But, 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 and here's the key, big but... They would need to be really well, um, like flushed out in terms of fourth man, fifth man, uh, sixth man, seventh man. You know, if you want to go down to eight, and making and and I think your point about the Suns, particularly how they have so much up and down the roster. The key there is they have not one, not two but three guys on rookie contracts who are contributing at a high level in Aiden, McCall, and Cam, Cam Johnson. And clearly, they made a decision as an organization at some point to we are going to draft older, um, for rookies, older guys in, in McCall and, um, and Cam Johnson. And I know DeAndre Aiden was not an older rookie, but um, I think there's a line of thinking that as a center, you could be ready to contribute on a higher level sooner than let's say drafting, you know, a, a college freshman at guard for, you know, just as, as an example, right? So they they would not be where they are without those guys. And I think we could also look at Atlanta and the fact that like, again, Herter, rookie contract, John Collins, rookie contract. I know Hunter has not been here, but I, I mean, do they, you know, how does the Knicks series go? If, if um, I mean, I'm not saying the Knicks would have won, but if Hunter was um wasn't there so like rookie contracts matter um i i unless you have a good enough top three uh, and that's where it gets back to like how good of a top three really is dame um randall and 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 rj and i'm i i um, I, i side with you like as far as top threes go i think you'd probably be left a little short unless unless the rest of the roster is great 
Now, listen, if there's, I mean, unless you're aiming for the semifinals every year. Now, there there are certain organizations, uh, quote unquote, you know, cough cough, the Washington uh, Wizards <laughs> and Ted Leonsis, they enjoy winning 45 games every single year, and you know, if they get to the first round, that's all they want. They can sell playoff tickets. You know, if that's the end goal, yeah, I want four straight seasons of you know maybe first round exits, maybe second round exits, <laughs> then then that's your squad right there. Well, we know um, we know Leon Rose was not brought aboard um, for that sort of thing. So yeah. I, I agree there too. I agree there too. Uh, I also the Mikel Mikel thing's funny you mentioned it because I think that was a that was a draft day trade. I think because uh, they're trying to move up, right? So they I think they did the deal with the Sixers or whatever where they were uh, trading. I think Wood Cyrus oh, yeah. and the, that pick or whatever to go up to ten. But uh, yeah, I mean, it's your same point, right? They look for more people that were, um, you know, going to be ready immediately, and guys that like Mikal and Cam Johnson, um, amongst others. But they also got like some ancillary help too, Tory Craig for free, essentially, and you know some other guys campaign. But but yeah, that's that's my whole debate. So I'm I'm really torn. I don't know I don't know what the best path forward. You know, like I, I don't not. Like I think Dame's great, but remember one thing to remember about Dame: he's nearing I think like twenty five thousand total minutes uh, through this season. Which, if you compare it to a lot of different players, I think the only players that have had logged more minutes over the course of the first what eight or nine seasons in their you know in the in their league, yeah, like in eight or nine years of uh, experience, I think the only people who had more minutes who logged more minutes are probably LeBron. And a couple other guys, I forget their names, but I, I, that's the only other few players. Even Carmelo yeah. Anthony, he had he had he logged fewer minutes. He had like twenty two thousand minutes compared to Dame, who's at around twenty five thousand. You know, and Dame's not a big guy either, so I, I think that's a it it should absolutely be a part of the conversation for sure. Yeah, and now obviously, listen, Dame is you know Dame went to he went three years of school too, so that you got to factor that into the conversation too. But even when you factor that in. It's a lot of minutes, um, a lot of minutes logged for, uh, you know, a guard who's going to be starting his Supermax um, in his 30s. And, you know, now you're you're taking, you know, how many more years do you have? And now, look, there have been players that are playing well in their 30s, like Chris Paul and some other players, you know, in the playoffs right now. So no one's saying, you know, you're not going to play well. But, I mean, you've got to factor all those things in because you yeah. are going to be – you are taking away nearly, you know, 40% of your cap, if not it's more. A, it, it's a complicated conversation. It's, it has a lot of facets to it, um, but that's what makes it an interesting one. Um, yeah. But yeah, no, good, good stuff as always, Vivek. It's good to talk to you, man. Yeah, definitely. Um, and hopefully, we got things. Hopefully, things coming up soon. You know. Yes. Yes. We absolutely <laughs> do. Yeah. For sure. All right. Thanks. As, thanks as always, Vivek. Not a problem. Thank. Thank you. All righty. Uh, next up, Jonas. Welcome to the stage, sir. Hi, can you hear me? Yeah, yeah what's going you. on, Jonas? How you doing, man? I'm good. How about you? Doing okay. Doing okay. Um, so basically, I had a couple of quick things. One, I just about the Dame thing. I don't really think <laughs> that it's the right time to trade for him. I, just, I, I don't think once you trade for him, you need to have another move where you can meaning, uh, improve your team in a meaningful way. And I just don't see how that can happen if you trade for him. Unless I'm missing something. No, I don't. I don't think you're missing anything. It, it, the there are moves to be made. We again, not to spoil the pod. We we do go through some of that stuff on Monday's podcast. But the type of move that you're you're talking about, I, I 
I don't, I don't see it either. So it's a great point. And second of all, I guess, what would be a disappointing off season for you? If like we're on opening night and the Knicks made these moves, what would, where would you look at and be like, okay, that's disappointing. That's a great question. Um, It's a tough question for me personally, because, um, you know, I, I think I said this on the pod with CP, like, um, I don't, there is no obvious, like free agency signing. There is no obvious trade. There is no obvious, like even the draft, like it's not obvious to me that they should trade up in the draft. Like, I think there's, there's merit to staying where they are and like taking those guys. So I, I don't, I don't have an ideal in my mind. Cause usually when you say when you, the word disappointing Im- implies that like, there is a thing that you want and you will be disappointed if you do not get the thing that you want. I don't even have a clear thing in my mind that I want. I'm just kind of trusting in the front office to be creative and smart. Um, I mean, the, I, okay, I'll, I'll give you the obvious. Okay. Let me, I'll give you two things. Um, I, well, I was going to, Mitch was going to be one of them. Like if they let, if they, if they kept Mitch on the 1.8 million for next year, and they were not able to extend him, and they basically let him play that out, play out the year as he goes into free agency. Like I, I'm not sure I'd love that, um, but I also would kind of understand it. But then, you know, the obvious one is the starting point guard. Like, who's your starting point guard for next year? But even that's a complicated one because, like, I could talk myself after after a year of Alfred Payton, I could talk myself into into almost anything. Um, I guess I, uh, you know, I, I don't want them to do a stupid, a stupid overpay. Um, but I don't think that's in the cards. I don't think we expect them to do that. Why, like Jason or, or Jonas? What would what what would a disappointing offseason be for you? I'm curious. I think, and I don't, this might be an unpopular opinion, but I think they have to spend some long term money and like not bad money, but like this feels like now you're a good team. You're not like you're not just a a bad rebuilding team anymore. You can afford yeah. to spend some money because the cap space isn't as valuable to you. Like, what are you going to do with the cap space? I, to um, me, I think now yeah. good contracts are more valuable than having cap space. And I think if they can find a way to spend some money in a, you know, to, to improve the team, I think that's. Yeah, I mean, I, I think the, 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 the definitions of bad money or the definition of bad money is like, constantly changing in the NBA. I think there's like, it's actually really, um, yeah, I think it's harder to sign a bad contract now than it used to be. Um, I think like, even if you look at the deals that were signed last summer, like, you know, you might not love some of those deals, but like, you know, you could move like most contracts that get signed now, like you can move them unless, unless you go really, really big, um, and it's a Kemba Walker situation where you sign, you know, a, a six foot tall, in, you know, point guard with bad knees to uh, whatever it was, $120 million. Like, as long as you stay away from that and you're just like relatively smart. Yeah, I, I'm, I'm cool with that. I, I, I would like for them to spend some long term money. I, I guess that's not it's less of a requirement for me because um, right. I still think you can improve your team um, with one year guys. And, and the one thing I, I should add, and this, you know, I have to think is part of the reason why Tibbs won coach of the year 
is one of the things that people said about Fisdale in, in his defense was like, it's a bunch of one-year contract guys. How could he get these guys to buy in and play hard and the whole thing? Well, guess fucking what? Tibbs just took a bunch of one-year contract guys and got, got them to buy in and play hard. And, um, so it is, it is actually possible. Okay. No, that's all I had. Um, yeah. Well, good stuff. Appreciate the appreciate yeah. the question.